Today on Awaken to Grace, we're in part two of a sermon called Not for Sale. We are studying a man named Micah out of Judges chapter 16. We're seeing how Micah tried to buy. He tried to purchase the blessings and the favor of God. Micah represents today's casual Christian. Someone who wants, they desire God's blessing in their life, but yet they are not willing to live as God calls us to live. They're not willing to obey God. They want something out of God, but they will not obey God. That's what Micah represents. So today's the conclusion of that sermon, and I hope if you enjoy these kinds of sermons, I hope that you will connect with us. I hope you'll download our free mobile app, Awakened to Grace, and there you can listen to our vast library of sermon content. I also want to encourage you, if you've never checked out the books that I have written, go to Awaken to Grace. Dot com and click the store link and check out a book that I wrote called He's in the Waiting. The book He's in the Waiting is a collection of 30 readings. They are devotions that I have written and uh, to help you in your journey of faith. So check that out today. You can order He's in the Waiting through our website. Of course, you can get it on Amazon, and I hope that you'll check that out today. Well, friends, we are going to study the life of Micah. We are in Judges chapter 16 in the conclusion of this great sermon, Not for Sale. He's worthy of the best of my abilities. He's worthy of the best of my attention. He's worthy of the best of my skills. The lamb is worthy of all of me. But if, if it's really about what I get, if it's about what I obtain, if I say to God, if things don't work out the way I want them to work out, then I'm done. I quit. Friends, all you have is an idol. Your religion is idolatry. What lessons you and I can learn from Micah. So here he is. He has the things of the world. He's got, he's got idols, literally, literally physical idols. And then he has the ephod, the things of God. And then he gives the greatest slap in the face to God. He, look at verse 5. He ordains his son a priest. Now, why is this sinful? It's sinful because verse 1 tells us that Micah and his household is of the tribe of Ephraim. God makes it clear. The only ones who can be ordained priests are those of the tribe of the Levites. Do you know what Micah tells us, friends? It tells us, it shows us a man who says he loves God, but does everything contrary to the will of God. And many of you listening today, you're in the same boat. You're here in the house of worship. You're here among the songs of God. You read your Bible and you pray, but your life is absolutely contrary to everything that God says. You are a Micah today. 
God has brought you here because He desires to turn your life around. He desires to open the eyes of your heart. He wants to help you see what you don't see right now in the moment. And God wants to deliver you out of this. Micah is someone who wants the blessings of God, but he doesn't want the ways of God. He wants to worship God, but he wants to do it on his own terms. Friends, I'm telling you right now, you cannot embrace sin. You cannot snuggle up to sin. You cannot harbor open sin before the Lord and then try to worship God. If you worship God with open sin, friend, all you have is idolatry. Nothing more and nothing less. Let's hear the word of the Lord today. So, Micah, he ordains his son the priest. He's got the ephod. He's got idols. He's mixing the things of the world with the things of God. Then, in verse number 7, we, we get introduced to this guy. We don't know his name, but he's his Levite. And, and, and he leaves his hometown. He's trying to find something better. He's trying to find a better opportunity. And you know what this guy represents? He represents Christians with wonderlust in their hearts. He's not happy where he lives. He's not happy with what God set up. Levites were to be taken care of by whatever town they're in. And he's not happy with that. He's looking for something better. Let me tell you, my friends, there's some of you listening today. You're never satisfied. You're never content. And I want to, tell, I want to lovingly tell you, God cannot use people that are not content in life. Contentment with what? What's the scripture say? With godliness is great gain. And see, you're trying to gain all these things of the world. You're trying, to, you're trying to put as many things into your hands as what you can fit. But you know what the Bible says is great gain? Godliness with contentment. That is great gain. And some of you, I want you to hear the word of the Lord today. Some of you, you'll go city to city. You'll go relationship to relationship. You'll go career to career. And you'll never find what you're searching for. You'll never find it. You'll never find the satisfaction that you so crave. You'll never find the joy that you're looking for. You'll never find the inner peace that's lacking, that's missing. Do you know why? Because it's found in only one place. And that's surrendering your life to the Lordship. Of Jesus. That's the only place that it will ever be found. And here this Levite, he's got wanderlust in his heart. He's roaming from place to place. And then in verse number 9 and 10, he comes across Micah. And Micah says, hey, I'll hire you. I'll pay you ten shekels of silver and a change of clothes. And the priest said, I'll take it. And then look at verse 13. And here is the true heart of Micah. Verse 13 says, And Micah said, Now God will bless me because I have a Levite as a priest. He didn't say that about his son. I bet his son felt shortchanged. He said, Now 
God will bless me. Friends, do you know what Micah is? Micah is a man who thought he could buy the blessings of God. Micah is a man who thought he could purchase the favor of God. That's idolatry. Say amen if you're with me right now. So how are you and I spared from idolatry? How do you and I escape this snare? Because listen, we are all in danger of it. You realize that? We are all in danger. Let me tell you, idolatry can be found in many, many different places. You know, I have to be careful because I'm a huge sports fan. You know, yesterday, being a Tennessee, University of Tennessee fan, oh, it's the worst day on the calendar every single year. I always dread that day. And you know, I listened to the game last night. You know, Tennessee, I, 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 think, I, I, I think if we would just... As Tennessee fans, we just turn it off at halftime. You know, if we, we just, we're, we're happy with two quarters. That's it. And if we would stop there, we'd be fine. It's a shame you got to do the entire game. Anyway. But listen, if I came in here depressed today, moping, angry, over pigskin, over a game, But see, anything can become an idol if we're not careful. Anything. Politics. Whoa, watch out now. Can become an idol. Anything if you're not careful. So how do we, how do we, how do we watch this? How do we, how do we spare ourselves from this snare? Well, Go with me very very quickly to Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 6. Very quickly. Jeremiah 18, verse 6. God teaches the prophet Jeremiah a great lesson. He tells him in verse 1, go where I tell you and I'm going to show you the word of the Lord. Verse 2, he takes him to a potter's house. Verses 3, 4, and 5, he shows him a potter working at his potter's will with a lump of clay. And verse 5, uh, I'm sorry, verse 6, the word of the Lord. Are we not clay in the hands of the potter? Now say amen if you're with me right now. Is your life clay In the hands of the potter. In other words, can God shape you as he desires? Can he shape the circumstances of life as he wills? Or do you throw yourself off the potter's wheel? Days that I struggle the hardest with blindness... Days that I feel the weight of blindness the hardest. I will tell the Lord today. I place myself, oh God, on your altar. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I am a living sacrifice. Make me holy and acceptable unto God. I want to be clay on the potter's will. 
I don't want to pursue my agenda. I don't want to pursue my desires or my goals or my wills. I want to be soft clay being molded by the hands of the potter. And when you place yourself on the altar as a living sacrifice, when you place yourself on the potter's will and say, God, you cut off of me what you desire. You shape into me what you desire. You have your hands all over me, God. And if it hurts, it hurts. If it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable. But I want to be shaped by the potter's hands. And when you do that, my friends... Your idols begin to break. Your idols begin to fall away. Amen. Last night we were at Hunger First. 32 consecutive Saturdays feeding the homeless at Hunger First. Amen. Praise God. We lost count after feeding about 75 or 80. We just kept on feeding. Amen. As we were packed up and getting ready to leave, a man asked to talk to me, and maybe he's even here this morning. I don't know. But this guy, he used to go here many years ago, quite a few years ago, and his family attended here. And he wanted to say hi to me, and we talked for a few moments. And, you know, he had no idea that I'm blind, no idea. And when he found out that I was blind, he was stunned, absolutely stunned. And you know what? I've been blind for about three years now, and he is the very first person to ask me this question. I don't know why others haven't asked. Maybe, uh, I'm sure many has wondered, but, but he, he's the only one to ask me this. You know what he asked me? Are you mad at God? I said, mad at God? No, why would I be mad at God? He said, I would be mad at God. He said, I, he said, Chad, I've watched your life. You've lived right. You've done all the right things. He said, I'm in my situation because of decisions I've made, but I've watched you and, and you've done right. Why would God do this to you? He said, how can you not be angry at God? Thought about that for a moment. And I said, do you remember the story in the Bible about the young man who came to Jesus? And the Lord said, take everything you have, sell it, and give it to the poor, and then you can follow me. I said, yeah. You know what the Bible says about that young man? The Bible says that he walked away sorrowful. I said, my friend, let me tell you. People who walk with the Lord, we walk in victory. <laughs> People who walk with the Lord, we walk with a joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. Those who walk with the Lord walk in triumph. It's those who walk away from Jesus. Those are the ones that walk sorrowful in life, not those who walk with the Lord. Now, let me tell you, God's teaching me something right now in all of my struggles. God's teaching me something right now in my moments of weakness. God's teaching me that Christ is worthy of any suffering of this life. 
He's worthy of all praise when I gain, and he's worthy of all praise when I lose. No matter what comes into my life, no matter what goes out of my life, Christ is worthy. And I want to ask you today, and you're praying, do you pray only because of what God will give you? Do you follow God only because of what God... Friends, if that's the only reason that you approach the Lord, if that's the only reason you pray, then friends, all you have is a genie in a bottle. And the Bible calls it idolatry. So I don't know your lot in life now. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know your circumstances. I don't know your hardships or your difficulties. But I know this. The Lamb of God is worthy of your praise today. And see, we have fallen in a trap in this culture. And I'm speaking of the church right now. We try to sell the gospel as though it is a product And we tell this hurting generation, and we tell this lost generation, we say, if you'll try Jesus, he'll make your life better. Friends, that's a false gospel. Today, if you're here and you're without Christ, today, if you're here and you're full of sin, today, if you're here and you need salvation, let me tell you why you should give your life to God, because Christ is worthy, amen? No other reason. And today, if you're walking through the most horrible season of your life, if you are facing the trial of your life, if you're about to collapse under burdens, let me tell you why you should worship Christ. Because he is worthy. That's why. And it's not about what God will do for you. It's about the aroma of Christ that he will get out of you. Do you know what the beauty of a flower is? Is when you crush it, do you know what it does? It releases its fragrance. Do you know what the ultimate beauty of our lives is before the Lord? Is that when circumstances of life crush you, we release the aroma of Christ. Is your religion about what you get? If so, all you have is an idol. But if your religion is about Christ and his worthiness. Let me say this and then I'm going to end with a story. Today, if you struggle with assurance of your salvation, many people do. Many people. Satan's all over them. Telling them you're not truly saved, you're not truly saved, you're not truly saved. And they repent and they repent and they repent and they repent. And, you know, I remember years ago in my life I struggled with assurance. Some terrible preacher got up and said something. All he was trying to do was get numbers and he said something awful and it made me doubt my salvation. He put, a, he put a seed of doubt right there. And it's a terrible thing to be saved and not feel like you're saved. It's a terrible thing to be born again and then keep asking to be born again. That would be like, that'd be like Hudson constantly saying, Are you my, uh, am I your kid? Do I belong to you? Which I'd say, well, you're, you belong to your mother. You act like her. But... <laughs> 
By the way, his mother just told me today that apparently he took an ink pen and drew quite a portrait on the back of our leather car seat. He is his mother's child. I said, well, the blessing of being blind is what you can't see don't really bother you. So. <clears throat> You want assurance of your salvation today? Let me tell you how to handle the devil. You tell the devil, Christ is worthy of my life. And if in the end I die and I go to hell, I will lift up my eyes into hell and I will say, worthy is the lamb. And let me tell you, he'll leave you alone. He can't do nothing with a life like that. Amen? Christ is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of everything. He's worthy of every trial that you face. He's worthy of it. Is he worthy in your life? Do you live a life in a manner that is worthy of the Lamb? Let me close today. In the mid-1700s, there were two young men who lived in Germany named Johann and David. And in the mid-1700s, God stirred their souls for the lost. They were Moravians. God called them to be missionaries. There was an island in the Danish West Indies. And the whole island was a plantation. It was estimated that over 2,000 African slaves lived on this plantation. And it was known, once you're on the island, you will never leave. You will live and you will die. You'll be buried on that island. The owner of the plantation in the 1700s was a notorious atheist. And he was famous for saying that no church and no pastor and no missionary is welcomed on the island. And these two young men in their 20s, they felt so stirred. They felt so called to go there. They inquired, and he flat turned them down and said, No, there will be no preaching on the island. Feeling so compelled by the calling of God. Do you know what these two young men in their 20s did? They did the unthinkable. They sold themselves to this island as slaves. They took the money that was purchased and they bought a one-way ticket by ship to the island. Word spread all over Germany. And as the two young men, the day approached for them to leave, many Moravians gathered on the shores and all of their family was there and their families were weeping and they, were, they couldn't understand how could these two young men in their 20s, how could they throw their lives away? But let me tell you, that's not how heaven saw it. Johan and David boarded the ship and as it set sail, as they almost got out of eye sight and earshot, no one ever heard from them again. But here's the last thing that their loved ones ever heard them say. They locked arms and one of them yelled back, Worthy is the Lamb! 
And may the lamb receive his reward for his sacrifice. See, they got it. They didn't live for what they would get. They lived for the glory of God. And in your trial and in your heartache today, in your pain today, in your sufferings today, in your confusion today, let me tell you, you can make the Lamb of God worthy. If you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to hear more great content, you can always download our free mobile app, Awaken to Grace, where you can request prayer, find sermons, articles, blogs, music, podcasts, as well as support us financially. You can also visit either of our websites at www.preachingchristchurch.com or www.awakentograce.com for more information about our church or our resource ministry. Thank you for listening to Awaken to Grace.